Our topic is the security of the believer. All the way through chapter number 8, we're going to be dealing with that topic. And what a wonderful topic it is. Every Sunday, I, I finish up sharing what uh, uh, the Lord has given me the privilege to study and, sh- and repeat back to you. And I go home and it's like, I have to wait seven more days before I can share the next verse? There's just so much here. I wish I could just keep you all day long. Um, I know that would be a little exhausting, but it is such a thrill to spend time in Romans chapter 8. And uh, to think of what He has done for us, how He has secured this relationship we have with Him. And that's the section we're in. We're in the section from verse 13, really 14, all the way through verse 18, speaking of our relationship being secured in the work of God on our behalf. And so, today, verse number 16, it says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Heavenly Father, we read these words, we've even talked about these words before. Today, as we spend time with it, teach us what you mean when you say this of us. Show us from your word, this love that you have for us, as we contemplate these things, work in our hearts as well as our minds, and challenge us thoroughly, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Now this little context we are dealing with from verse, really verse 14 on through verse number 18, some of these are the sweetest verses we've ever seen. We're going through, notice I said some of these. We haven't got to the rest of it yet. Uh, As we're working through all these wonderful words about uh, how he leads us and we're sons of God and we didn't receive a spirit of slavery leading to fear, but we we have received the spirit of adoption. Uh, As sons we cry out, Abba, Father. We've read these words and they're precious to us. Now, Just for a minute, glance down to verse 17 and see if there's anything in that sentence there that kind of uh, surprises you, alarms you, or sounds not so cozy. Do you see the word suffer in there? Wait, what about verse 18? Maybe we can just pass by it real quickly. What do you see in verse 18? Do you see that word show up again? Now, here's the fun thing. Well, I'd say it's fun. This is my outline. This is under the context that your relationship with the Father is secure. Most of the time, and I don't want to preach that sermon too early, but most of the time when we see the phrase suffering, we think that is a problem in our relationship. And that is not at all the way God sees it. Now you've got to wait for two weeks. But we're in verse number 16 today. Verse number 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, the Holy Spirit is playing a significant role in the work in us. A significant role. Romans 8 is a great chapter on security. You see me stress that over and over and over again. But we also have noticed that it is a great chapter on the Holy Spirit. Very few verses go by without reference to the Holy Spirit. 
And we're going to see even more as we progress into this book. Here's the reality. You cannot have spiritual security without the Spirit. You just cannot. That's a necessary part of the whole. See, the fact is, when you became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, a Christian, we don't throw that term loosely here, a Christian is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, a true child of God, one who has come to Him by faith, who believe that He alone is the atonement for our sins in His death. We believe that through Him, only through Him, we have forgiveness of our sins and that we have eternal life. That's what we believe. All right? So we're not just sloppy with our terminology here. But the reality is, when you became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know you did not get that salvation by any other means but by grace alone. That's how we secure salvation, through grace and that alone. And that's not some act that you have done, is it? Even faith, I believe, is a gift from God. If you peel back the layers uh, of the doctrine of salvation, you will find that your salvation was his plan from the very beginning of time. It's an amazing thing to contemplate Ephesians chapter 1. Even before the foundation of the world, he's chosen you. Oh, that's just amazing to me. The motivation is his. The initiation is his. He chose you. He predestined you. And if you find that word a little harder to swallow, it's still a beautiful word. He predestined you. He adopted you. He set his love and attention on you. He called you. He drew you to himself. While you and I were still sinners, chapter 5 of Romans verse 8 would say, even in that chapter, while we were enemies, while we were still content in our sins, while we were under his wrath, while we were dead in our trespasses, we contributed nothing. But he saved us. He saved us entirely or else we would not be saved. That's what he's done. That's the Father's work. When we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior... He enacted the Father's will to draw you to himself. He, he came to this earth and took on flesh to be born among us. He lived in our world, drank our water, ate our food. He breathed our air. He felt our suffering. He cared for our sick. He raised our dead. He spoke to the hurting. He preached to the crowds. He confronted the spiritually proud folks. He suffered insult, abuse, arrest, trial, thorns, whips, nails on a cross. He knew death. He was buried. And he rose again. This was his father's will. 
that he may come and be our great high priest who does sympathize with our weaknesses, who carries away our sin by paying the penalty of death that we deserved to pay. He paid it. He made salvation possible, and we contributed nothing. You see, he saved us entirely, or else we would not be saved. Add the Holy Spirit to our story this morning. The Father did his role, the Son did his role. The Holy Spirit's role is to regenerate you. That which was dead in sin needed to be revived in the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the director of the gospel. He initiates the writing of scripture that we might read it. And it was done in a miraculous way. Don't ever treat this word like it's something uh, equal or on par with anything mankind has written around here. This is not some great novel. This is not just some great piece of literature. This is God's word. It's alive. It's miraculous. You have a copy of it. The Holy Spirit initiated it. He authored it through mankind. Amazing things were done. And then he takes that word of God and applies it to your heart. That's amazing. Amazing how he changed our lives. You see, he gives light. Even to the point that that spark of faith, as we might say, that, that first moment when we responded by faith in the gospel, the Holy Spirit did that. He opened our eyes. He illumined the text. He helped us to see. He helped us to believe the words of the gospel. See, regeneration is necessary for a soul to live. has to be done. He did it. At that moment of faith, the Holy Spirit moved in. Moved in where? You. He moved in. He indwells the believer. He's in that believer giving to him the inner power by his own presence so that we can live out what we are told in Scripture. We can't do it apart from him. You already know that. If you forgot, I could start over. It took almost a year just to walk through Galatians to say we cannot walk any other way but by the Spirit. There's no other way. We cannot be spiritual without him. He's within us to guide us, to correct us, to propel us to the Christian living we're called to. He's within us to conform us to the image of God's Son and to the words of God's Scripture. That's His job. He also, so that we would not be alone, He placed us within the body of Christ. You have brothers and sisters in Christ. You're not alone. You, as a believer, are part of what we call the true church. The universal church. Matter of fact, your brothers and sisters, some of them are quite old. They were back in Acts chapter 2. Yes, they're with the Lord now. But it's a huge family that we're a part of. Those who are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. These are your brothers and sisters, and the Holy Spirit has put us into that body of Christ. In that body, we have a role that we're called to fill. All of us should come to maturity. 
That's what we're called to be, to come to maturity. And you've got brothers and sisters to help you there until we're all conformed to the image of Christ. That's a big job. And that's the task we're in right now. We have a support system, if you will, of those who sympathize with us along the journey, those who identify with us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Who started all that? The Holy Spirit placed you in the body of Christ. That was his job. And he did that. And he sealed it. Sealed it all with his own divine power in order to present a guarantee to every promise, every work of God on our behalf, it will be fulfilled to the very last letter. Everything that he has said concerning us. Guaranteed. It's because of the Holy Spirit. It's because of him that we're saved. It's because of the Lord Jesus Christ that we're saved. It's because of the Heavenly Father that we're saved. And we contributed nothing. He saved us entirely, or else we would not be saved at all. Now, if I wore you out this morning already, just talking it through, just about all these things, I just gave you a summary, folks. We could have gone into detail with every single one of those points. But I just want you to have one thing cemented in your mind as we start in verse 16. Your relationship with God through salvation is secure. I want you to know that without any doubt. It was not thought of by you. It was not uh, planned by you. It was not initiated by you. It is not enacted by you. It's not purchased by you. It's not guaranteed by you. And that includes people on the balcony too. None of us has done this great thing called salvation. We're the recipients of it. See, we did not save ourselves. And we cannot save ourselves. And here's the truth that goes with that. You cannot unsave yourself. How could I say that? Well, because you would have to be greater than God to do it. Your word would have to be greater than his to do it. Your power would have to be greater than his to undo what he has done. That's introduction. Just to whet your appetite for verse number 16. Get the mental juices flowing a little bit when we read the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are. How many of you have the word might be? Right there. Or could be. Or should be. Or may be. Do we not all have the word we are, children of God? We are. Is that a significant little word right there? It's a statement of reality, folks. (laughs) It's not a question mark. I don't see a question at the end of that sentence either, do you? Now you know where I'm coming from. You ready? Here we go. Testimony. Testimony is so important. We see the word, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. 
In a courtroom, a testimony is used to establish the truth in a situation. At least that's what it's supposed to be. In the church, we use testimony in order to show the reason why we praise the Lord. Stand up and give a testimony. Often we hear testimonies from people, stories of our brothers and sisters. Uh, God reached down into their lives and changed them forever by His grace. All of us do have a story like that. I enjoyed over the years listening to a program called Unshackled. Have you ever heard Unshackled before? You'll find it on some radio programs. Uh, A ministry of the Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago. I used to, as a student at Moody, go down there on weekends. I had a friend who worked down there. And it was kind of fun to see behind the scenes and what else went on down at the Pacific Garden Mission. And... and, uh, I enjoyed listening to those radio programs, uh, that organ music in the background and everything. It sounds, some people today will listen to it. Maybe our young folks would say, what is that? Because they've never heard sounds like that before. That's an organ, all right? They're, they're, they make sounds like that. And it's just part of the story. They tell a line there. But um, they dramatize the story of men and women who did their best to destroy their own lives, <laughs> And God worked a miracle of faith. And they came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I have never heard it, but I understood, my mom told me, that my own uncle's story was on there one time. And I've I've never heard it. Maybe I should dig it up. It's got to be somewhere in their archives. I could dig it up. But some have listened to these stories and thought, perhaps, that their own salvation experience was rather boring in comparison. You ever feel that way when you're listening to somebody else speak and they've got an incredible event that brought them to faith in Christ and and you may say, well, I I don't think mine's like that. And maybe, uh, I doubt, I, I really doubt, maybe you thought, well, I wish mine was a little more dramatic. God forbid that it would be, to tell the truth. But here's the thing I want to be clear on. All of us are saved the same way. All of us are. It's through the work of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our testimony is to the miraculous work that brought salvation to the spiritually dead so that we might have life in Christ. See, our salvation is not in the tiniest measure inferior to anybody who has ever been saved. Jesus Christ died for you. You want anything more dramatic than that? That's where testimony starts. He died for us. That's the testimony that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. We sometimes ask for evidence of such. How do we know? Uh, You could say, well, I go to church. Uh, I sing in the choir. Uh, I teach a class, maybe, or... I wear a tie. And if that was the case, there's not many Christians here this morning, by the way. But we say, you know, these things, they, they make me, no, they don't make you a child of God. None of those things make you a child of God. Good works are the evidence that you are a child of God. That's what God has done to save you. He has made you for good works. See, here's our problem. 
a testimony on our side can be manufactured. Do you know that? That's easy to do. We, we can display it without any reality of genuineness. We can do that. We, we know Western movies in the years gone by convinced us of towns and stores and buildings and all the rest. And then if you ever get the chance to go to the site itself, you'll find they're all just flat buildings and nothing behind them. And perhaps some testimonies are just like that. They're just fake fronts. To convince you that there's substance when there really isn't anything behind them. You see, I like testimonies. And I like to hear what God has done and, and how your life has been changed. But really we need something stronger than that. To testify that we are a child of God. Here's what the text says. The Spirit Himself. testifies, bears witness. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit. Now, think through how wonderful this is. Our works come and go. Sometimes, they're pretty good works. Sometimes, they're rather inferior. Would you like to, to be the gauge of your relationship with the Lord? I wouldn't. What about your attitude? It rises and it falls, doesn't it? It could change with the barometer. We have times when our attitude might uh, be very pleasing. We might call it a, a wonderful testimony of the grace of God. And other times when our attitude is something we ought to bury in the backyard. Would you like your testimony to be that qualifying thing that you are a child of God based on an attitude? I don't think so. Our attention to spiritual things can get distracted, can't they? We, we can have all the, the desire in the world to do the things that, that keep our mind on God's Word. We put verses all over the place in the dashboard of the car, on the refrigerator, on the mirror in the bathroom. We will set up our whole day long so that we're always saturating ourselves in God's Word one way or another, thinking great thoughts, and yet something's going to cause us to wander. You know it. We'll get distracted along the way. We, we might get into sin. We might break our fellowship with the Lord. All kinds of other detriments pop into there. How would you like that to be the testimony that you're a child of God? I don't think you want to base your identity on that, would you? That's why I thank the Lord for verse 16. Because it says the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit. Here we have the testimony of God. God himself is going to say something. God himself is going to stand up and say something about you. I noticed this when I was reading the things. I noticed himself, the spirit himself. He didn't send an angel to do it. He didn't say, hey, Moses, go down there and testify on their behalf. Or David, would you rather have Moses or David speak up for you? 
Have David come down and speak. Uh, we, we think of all these great people and say, boy, wouldn't it be great if they came and spoke on our behalf. They stood up and said, this is a child of God. You say, okay. Well, God didn't write it on the clouds. He could have. He could have sketched it out on the sands in the desert. You are a child of God. He could have done that. He could have even taught animals to speak your name and, and walk behind you saying, this is a child of God. Would you like that? Of course, you'd want to pick the animal, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want just anything behind you. But we, we would say, okay, so these things, you know, they're kind of silly. But what the reality is, is he himself testifies. Let that thought soak in for a minute. God himself is going to say something here. And does he know if you're a child of God? You know, everything he says is true. He's never said anything that wasn't. And if God himself stands up to testify and say you're a child of God, it is true. It is true. Now, the Holy Spirit is God, is he not? That's what I'm reading in these words. The Spirit himself testifies. Testifies. If you claim to be a child of God... We ask you proof. And the Holy Spirit stands up and says it's true. That's some very special evidence you have there. You know what? That's exactly what he's doing. That's what the text says. This isn't a what if. This is what he's doing right now. The Holy Spirit is testifying right now. He himself is right now testifying. That's a present tense verb. I can't get away from that. I teach my students not to miss it. So I'm not going to miss it. It's a present tense verb. Right now he is testifying. And it's a continuous form of a verb. He's always testifying that you are a child of God. Continuously. You are a child of God. He doesn't get tired of saying it. Isn't that amazing? Even on Mondays, the way you wake up, he didn't say, oh, this is not a good day for testimony. <laughs> he testifies that you are a child of God. And you say, well, I don't know how that works, Pastor. What do you mean? Well, let me give you two thoughts just to set you in, in the understanding here. First, testifying. That word is a very interesting word. From it, we get our word martyr. The Greek word martyreo. It's the word for martyr in the English tongue. A martyr is someone who believes something so completely that he will die for that belief. Now, you can say, wait a minute. Uh, okay, the Holy Spirit's not in danger of dying, is he? That's not, that's not, but it's interesting that that is the word he chose to say, this is how convinced I am that you are a child of God. He could have chose other words 
to somehow say it a little more mildly. But he doesn't. He says, it's the kind of word that a martyr would die for. Kind of faith. Kind of belief. Kind of understanding. Kind of conviction. You are a child of God. That's an incredible statement. Just that alone. He's testifying with your spirit. Now, this is where it gets rather interesting because that testimony is more than just words and you know it. As we saw before, his testimony is that you belong to Christ and that Christ is in you and that he dwells in you and that he is leading you. All of that in the previous verses, especially verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He is leading you. We talked through that verse a little while ago. But every time you have been directed, every time you have been corrected, every time He has guided you, He's pushed you, He's pulled you, He's convicted you, and maybe even drug you down the street. Every time he took you by the hand and led you, that spirit was testifying that you are a child of God. Every time. Every time he spoke the truth to your heart, he's shown you the grace of God. He enlightened your mind. Every time he warmed your heart, every time he spoke to you from God's word, it's a testimony that you are a child of God. Every single time he's confronted you, or comforted you, or granted you peace that passes understanding. Every single time he gave you wisdom beyond your ability. Every time he kept you from a mistaken decision, or got you out of a mistaken decision. Every time he's helped you. With God's grace to endure, it was a testimony that you are a child of God. Every time you heard a promise from God and understood the work of God and became convinced of it and found your strength in His faithfulness, in His testimony, you are a child of God. Do you realize that He is always testifying to you? To your spirit. With you. That you are a child of God. Always doing that. Always doing that. Not maybe, not should be, not we hope so. But always stating it. By the way he cares for you and leads you and helps you and helps you conform to the image of Christ, all of it is a testimony with your spirit that you are a child of God. That's his testimony. And it's constant. He does it sometimes in the songs we sing. There's songs in that book that are very hard to sing. And it's not because of the words, and it's not because of the beauty, it's just because of the message that it chokes me up. You ever been there? For the longest time, I could recall, uh, after the Lord took Kay home, that every single hymn in our book closes the last verse about heaven. I couldn't sing them for the longest time because I choked up every single time I got to that verse. 
Go ahead and check it. You'll see almost every last verse is a song about heaven. And it's like, oh, he's ministered to my heart that way so many times. In a song a choir would sing, or a special would be done, and it ministered to my heart. He's testifying that I'm a child of God. He does it in the messages we hear, and sometimes we're listening to a message, and we're just, I don't know what the right word is for it. We have nothing else in our mind or in our view but what we're gathering from God's Word. You been there? I remember one instance very, very well. It was... um, toward my senior year at Moody Bible Institute, on a Sunday afternoon, we had a speaker in for Founders Week. He was going to speak from 2.30 to, well, when he was done. He spoke for well over an hour. His name was Francis Schaefer. I was spellbound, if that's a good word to use. I don't know how else to say it. I sat up in the balcony. I could still tell you the seat and everything else. As he spoke for well over an hour, uh, and it was like there was nothing else and no one else in that room. But I, I was just saturating in the message that I was hearing. There's testimonies like that all over the place of the Holy Spirit working your life. He's taking God's Word, using a human agent to share it with you, and it's warming your heart, and it's challenging you, and you're thinking through it, and you're saying, now it makes sense. That's the Holy Spirit's testimony, that you are a child of God. He doesn't do that with the others. He does it with you. He trains you. Me, He trains us to hear God's Word and to to grow in God's Word. He knows that's our food. He knows it's our nourishment. He knows it's our water. He knows it's our life. And He gives it to us abundantly. He's testifying. We are children of God. You know, I believe He could do this with just about anything, perhaps. He could take a sunrise and reach your heart. (laughs) He could do that with a sunset, too. After all, the heavens declare the glory of God. He can work through through clouds. He can work through rainbows. He he can work through a friend. You know, he can even minister to your heart through an enemy. And he does at times to change us, to correct us. He can whisper that you are a child of God, and he can shout it too. He can write it on a piece of paper, and you're holding it here this morning. You are a child of God. He could write it in your heart, but he is always testifying that you are a child of God. Always. He is that convinced of it. Are you? Are you just as convinced? I don't know, Pastor. (laughs) I know he knows, but I, I don't know. He's testifying. Since when is our testimony more true than his? When are our words more powerful than his? I believe this passage, as I read this, is absolutely true. I read these words, and he says, we are children of God. And I believe that with all my heart. I find relief in that. Do you? I find it relief for a confused soul. And I've been confused. I find this to be rest when I'm weary. I'm a child of God. I find it to be hope when I get faint-hearted. 
that I am a child of God, I find it to be peace when I wrestle with my own identity. When I'm hurting, it's my comfort. When I'm weak, that's what's solid. When I'm discouraged, that encourages me. You see, all these things are stated here for us. It is, it is necessary that the Spirit of God testifies that we are the children of God. It is necessary for us. This is not optional tack-on stuff for the Christian walk. It is necessary that He does this. We need God's view of His relationship with us. We need to know what He thinks of it. We need His security on the matter of our salvation. We need His testimony on this matter. And He's already at it. And He will continue to do it. Even to the point to where our feet finally will touch that shore. When we step into that place called heaven, and our eyes have seen the things that God has prepared for us, Guess who has been telling us all along that we're a child of God? The Holy Spirit. And when we step into that place, we will see that God who loves us so and who called us according to His purpose. That's when His job of testifying has been brought to its full maturity. Until then, He's not going to quit, folks. He's going to testify today, this afternoon, this evening, during the night time, in the morning, throughout this week, throughout this month, this year. You want to keep going? He doesn't quit. Testifying, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. That's what he himself has said. I find it to be a very refreshing verse to see. Now I challenge you to spend time in it. Go home and just bask in the words. Think about it again. Isn't it great that your salvation is not based on you, but on His Word? That's where I rest today. That's where I rest. Heavenly Father, You know us all so very well. That's evident from Your Word, from the work that You've done for us. You know us so very well. And we rejoice in the fact that these words are your words. They're your testimony about who we are in your view, in our relationship with you. You have made it secure. And we rejoice in that today. We rest in that today. Thank you for what you have done. All glory to your name. All glory to your name. Thank you, Father, for loving us so completely. In Jesus' name, amen.